impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for reaching millions of people, getting your message out, and building your business. On this show, we dive deep with several different entrepreneurs, taking you through, showing you how they did it so that you can use it in your own business. Today, we are talking about my favorite subject, speaking on stages. I have an absolute rock star with us. He has spoken to more than 750,000 people. He's spoken at the White House and maybe even more importantly, he's been on TV shows, USA Today, the Forbes list, all of this stuff. Arel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm super excited to be here, man. Um, I'm glad that you love speaking as much as I do. So I'm looking forward to like going really, really deep into the art of it and how fo- hopefully folks listening can share their message in a really powerful way to more people. Awesome. Um, if you guys can't see this, if you're not watching the video, he also probably has the best smile out of anyone I've seen today. Um, <laughs> he's, he's just a generally like happy guy, which is awesome. I love hanging out with people like this. So obviously you didn't start like on these huge stages, from what I understand, you had an events company that you you kind of built and then you left that to do speaking. So kind of take this back. Show us where this started. Yeah. So basically in college, I started my first uh, business. It was an off-campus housing service. And I got really into the idea of student entrepreneurship. And I thought, you know, like more people need to be starting businesses. Student entrepreneurs was a big thing. Um, a friend of mine had an idea for a tour that he wanted to do where they would help promote student entrepreneurship. So take the idea of entrepreneurs, take very successful entrepreneurs, people who built million dollar businesses before the age of 30 and, and get this message out. Now, the funny thing about context, which is really important, uh, entrepreneurship wasn't as big of a deal as, as it is now. This was back during like 2009, 2010, where, you know, the economic crisis hit and, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't as sexy as it is now. So it wasn't really considered a career pathway. So we thought if we could do these entrepreneurship, you know, event productions and get people excited about it, then we could hopefully get more people starting businesses and driving the economy. So, you know, that tour, uh, Michael Simmons and Sheena Lindahl, they did a couple events and then I got involved with them and then we kind of really transformed it and grew it to a really, really big company where we planned events for the White House, for the Department of Labor, for workforce development boards, for colleges and high schools all across the country. And from there, I, you know, I just fell in love with when I got to speak on stage and being able to do that more. I was doing it a little bit before, but that's where I got to really kind of be on stage really frequently. And I just knew there was nothing more that I wanted to do than that. That's awesome. Um, I want to dig in. I have like two questions specifically. One, like I, so I went to college. Um, I graduated in 2005 and I was an entrepreneur in college, so I can totally relate to your story. People will be like, you're a what? You're, oh, you're, you're like, you're the perfect age, by the way, you're the perfect age of before it was cool. And before it made sense to now being in it. And it's the coolest thing. So like, you get it. I get it. And I also like a lot of, I honestly, I feel like knock on wood, if we do have another recession, which we eventually will, it's going to wash 
like everybody now it's like it's cool because there's money involved in it but the when i was involved it was like it was hard right i mean it was a different world anyway you like so you started holding these small events and then you you kind of went from a small campus event to a white house event like, first off, what happened? Like, I want to know, did you get a call or an email? And they were like, hi, this is the White House. Like, we want <laughs> yeah, you to hold so, an event. You know, a lot of times timing is the big deal, right? So what happened in 2011 is there was something called the American Jobs Act. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but it was a, a big thing as part of the Obama administration to help revitalize the economy. They put a lot of money and a lot of resources into the idea of people starting small businesses because there's a whole lot of data and proof that shows small businesses is the backbone that drives the economy. It just so happened that there really wasn't any big players in the youth entrepreneur space and the young entrepreneur space that was doing it at the level we were doing it at the time. So we were fortunate enough to, um, from a client, this is how the world works, okay? From a client, we got recommended to speak at Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, conference on small business and entrepreneurship when he was governor. So I got to speak and represent um, the work we were doing in our company on this huge stage went phenomenally well. And then that opportunity kind of opens you up to a new world and other people. And when you do a really great job on stage, I'm a big advocate that you never know who's in the room and you never know. So even if there's five people in the room or 500 people, you got to give it your best. And doors kind of opened up that when they were trying to do more to promote small business to younger folks, we were pretty much the only Googleable uh, uh, option. And that's how the opportunity came about. So we were lucky enough for them to find us and, and we got to do some great work with them. Awesome. Uh, that, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, it, you just showcased like anyone who says that you're lucky, it's when luck meets preparation. Like you were taking action, you were doing stuff and you have to be doing that and do a good job at it. So I want to go back. I want to ask what, when was the first time you spoke on stage in this events company? It wasn't an Arnold Schwarzenegger's event. It was probably something a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm a big believer that speaking, speaking is a snowball right? You always start with a small snowball, you push it down a hill and it gets real big. Where we did really well was in the college and the high school space. And that's where we were almost primarily. So getting to a local high school that just created, and here's the other thing, when we started, and if you remember back when you were in college, entrepreneurship programs were not everywhere. There were no entrepreneurship majors. There were very few clubs and organizations revolving around it. So typically what happened is that it just was starting. So the timing was really good. So when a group had a new entrepreneurship program and they wanted to promote it to get students to enroll in it, we typically became that kickoff event. So what happened is, and we'll go into this in a little bit about how you find the right speaking engagements. I, I'm a big believer in this idea that I call a, a pregnant pet presentation. Um, and and just the background of it, so I understand why I call it that, is uh, imagine a father uh, has five children but can only get one pet but he wants to get a pet for each one of his children. What's the best pet to get? A pregnant one, right? Because if you get a pregnant dog and eventually the dog has puppies, now everybody's got a dog, right? So these are there are these events, and I'm happy to go into more details on how you find them and what they look like, where you have a potential room full of your ideal clients that are there. And if you can speak in front of these ideal clients, incredible opportunities open up. And that's what happened with us. We were speaking at colleges and then we got, and then we discovered these pregnant pet presentations and all of a sudden it started speaking everywhere. And um, 
the more you do it, the more you get referred, the more you get opened up to other people. So a lot of times people are looking for this direct straight path, but it's a little bit more of just about really putting yourself in front of the right audiences consistently. And then good things happen when you have a good dialed in message. Well, that's, I, you're, you're preaching to the choir, but to anybody listening, a lot of the questions that I get are like, what's the fastest way for me to get in front of a thousand people? Um, what do I talk about? And like, is this actually going to make me money? Is this worth doing? And I tell people like, it's not the overnight success, but if you stick with it, like it grows so quickly. I still get referred from speeches that I gave 2016, 2017, like people like I, they're on my email list still, they still reach out to me. Like that grows over time. The other thing that I absolutely love that you called out was it doesn't matter whether you're speaking to 5,000 people or five people, if you bring the right message and energy, like you never know who is in that room. So I have a specific question about that. How do you, if you showed up somewhere, because this has happened to me, I'm sure this has happened to you. Oh, there's going to be 300 people in the room and you show up and there's 20. Yeah. What do you do to bring your A game? I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the story so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I was taught early in my career with speaking is that you always bring the audience up to your level. You never go down to your audience's level. So if there's 300 people, I'm still going to give it my best as if there were, you know, 300 people. Now, that doesn't mean I'm speaking really big like there's 300 people in the room because that might be too much for like if there's just an intimate group of 20 people. But my mindset is always, and again, it depends upon your beliefs of you know spirituality and whatnot. I happen to have a like belief system that believes in God and things happen on purpose. And I think that like whoever is in the room, this is the reason I'm alive for this moment, right? Like this, like for me, I go, there's 20 people here. There's someone in this room that is the reason that I'm here. And if I don't bring my game, I could miss the opportunity to impact this person's life at a really, really deep level. So I think if you get upset that you were expecting 320 people showed up, either A, it's an ego problem that you need to check. Like you have to go like, well, if your ego says I'm a 300 person, well, then you're not, you're not in service as much as you should. If you go, look, the people in this room could be the people that make the biggest impact. There could be in someone in a room that is part of a planning committee that can get you in front of the biggest stage in the world. So if your mindset is only a numbers game, then I think that's ego driven and then you're not serving at the highest level. So I think as long as you focus on that, um, you will always bring your best because you never know there could be one person in the audience and that one person changes your life. And you gotta, you gotta know and just trust that that will happen. And it's just happened too many times to me that I don't believe it to be true. That's I 100% agree with you. I went I, speaking from personal experience. I went to an event where we were promised hundred to 150. We showed up and there were eight and I was like, you know what, whatever, screw it. Like I'm here to have fun. I'm already here. I'm going to have a good time. And like, I have fun on stage and I make sure my audience has fun. And I just looked at it as I'm going to make sure all eight of these people are up out of their chairs, like having a good time. I, not only did I get a client out of that, one of the other people that was presenting that had a bad attitude 
like couldn't get over it, hired me to help them build. Like he was like, I need whatever you're on. Like mm-hmm. I need that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was that partnership actually ended up into a very big partnership because they actually had their own event and they needed speakers. They needed like support. And that's, you never know who's going to be there. And if I love that you said, check your ego, because the speaking, if you take it the wrong way, can definitely build your ego over inflate it. And it's, you're like the most humble, chill, cool guy, and you have great energy. So, okay, let's jump back into it. You, so you build this events company, you're speaking at the White House. You, did you get to shake Arnold Schwarzenegger's hand? No, he, you would get, you would get tackled if you tried to get up on Arnie. Um, you, you couldn't get close to do it. I wanted to really badly. I, I, I was at an event where Bill Clinton was speaking, um, Arnold, and I was like, yo, I'm here. Like, I'm invited. Let me, like, you know, and you, I couldn't get close to him. So I didn't, I did not meet Obama. I did not meet Arnold Schwarzenegger and I did not meet Bill Clinton, but you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. One day, maybe I'll be like, I'll be on that inner, inner circle of the event. You know, that's all right. I would, Arnold's one of my, uh, one of my heroes. I read his book and I was like, man, this guy, like I, amazing, great book. So what happened? So the events company, you guys sold it, it, you wound it down and then you just decided to speak. Like how did, how'd that transition go? Yeah, well, what would happen is that, you know, as we're doing this, this event production company, I'm, I'm one of the roles that I'm doing is I'm speaking at the events in addition to doing, you know, sales and behind the scenes stuff, right? So I got to be on stage many, many times through it. And what happened is that I fell in love with it. Now, what was interesting at the time is that um, one of the things that lots of entrepreneurs will discover is that lots of times they're multi-passionate. So something that you're super excited about today may not be the thing that you're super excited about tomorrow. And, you know, as much as I love these, you know, throwing these events and planning the events, the business started going in a direction where it was like, it felt like work. And I was like, well, the part that I loved the most was the speaking part. Like that was not work to me. So my mindset was, well, how do I position myself to just do the thing that I enjoy and the thing that I'm really good at and not necessarily do those other things? So what basically happened is I got really interested as, you know, so for me, I grew up in the projects on welfare in Brooklyn and I have a very soft place in my heart and I still do for people who are like me. So I wanted to go back and speak in the inner city and I wanted to speak at low income schools and first generation schools and let them know that, you know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to be a a athlete or a rapper, like you can be a lots of other things, you can define what your success is. And, you know, I got really excited about that idea. And I said, you know what, let me let me spend a lot of my time doing that because that's where my heart was. And, and luckily I had built up a lot of knowledge and skill set and figured out how to make the economics work. Cause I wasn't speaking for free. I was finding out where the money was and also allowing me to impact this audience that I cared about. So for me, it was like this ultimate win-win. Nice. So tell me about speaking to them. Have you been able, cause I love that you're like, you don't have to be a basketball player or a football star. Like how has that I want to hear some stories of you speaking on stage and then we'll get into some of the the brass tacks of how to do this. But I want to know the experience because that that's I mean, we have different speaking businesses, right? Like mine is speak to sell from stage. Yours is empowering people and you still get some clients. You still get paid. But how how's it been going back to the inner city and like speaking to those groups? Because I bet it's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's so fascinating. One of my biggest ahas is, you know, I've spoken on stages with like, billion dollar CEOs and like owners of sports franchises and, you know, politicians who are really high level. And then, you know, you go to the inner city. And the one thing that I discovered is that the human experience, emotion 
is universal. I used to get really caught up in like, well, will this audience appreciate, like, like I'm spending so much time with high school students. Well, I'd be able to connect with corporate folks. And I've been spending a lot of time with college students. Why we connect with the professionals? And ultimately what I realized is that when you can actually get your presentation to actually connect to human emotion, we, I, all of us know what it feels like to want to do more in our lives, but feel constrained by our environment. All of us know what it feels like to be in a room full of people, but feel alone. All of us knows what it feels like to want to help people in your life in a deep level, but feel like you don't have what it takes to do what they need. So when you can actually start bringing your message down to the human emotion, that is universal. So when you speak in some of the inner, and I, like I've spoken to some of the toughest schools, and I like for me, I loved the environments where I would come in and like literally teachers would be like, "Good luck!" Like nobody does good with this group. Like they really shut it out. And what you ultimately find is that if you can actually connect to a human emotion, like a real deep emotion about what they want to achieve, then they're open to all ideas. But what most presenters do is they have a um, flawed strategy, which is called sage from the stage. And I don't know if you've ever heard this idea, but it's where they kind of kind of pontificate of how great they are and how if I could do it, you can do it, too. And do this, do that, because I've told you here's the magic pill. And um, nobody likes to sage from the stage. You know, they like the guide from the side, which is like the, the language of the industry, right? Like they want to know that you're like them, you understand them, you get them. So when you learn how to connect, you know, you could be in an inner city where, you know, folks just got a, a shooting. And then the next day you could go to this really, really fancy real estate development event with like really big corporations. And your message will still resonate if you focus on the human emotion and not just on trying to tell people what to do solely. I, man, that is, if you guys listening, take nothing else than what Aurel is saying right now, connecting with people, whether you are selling, whether you're pitching for VC money, whether you are just out doing your thing, connecting with people through emotion is the core. And you're, I love that you called out the, uh, the sage from the stage, because that's the the main thing that I teach people is connect through story. Because if you're telling your story correctly, you're getting the audience emotionally involved. They're going to know, like, and trust you, which in sales is the biggest thing. If you have an ethical product that does well, you're not going to sell by telling people that it's priced cheaper or that it has more widgets. You're going to sell by connecting because everybody wants a guy. You're, I mean, you're the same thing. Like the way that you connect from stage is not to look down at people. It's to you said it so nicely, bring people up to your level, like mm -hmm. raise their energy, get them going. Um, That's right. Have you, have you had the pleasure of somebody that you spoke at maybe a couple of years ago, like reaching out to you and being like, Oh, that's the best part, man. Like, I mean, th those messages of, you know, someone saying like, Hey, so I'll tell you this one time, which this was like this like weird like confluence of the world coming together. So I spoke at this high school and uh, one of the big messages that I was giving, and, and I still do this one, I really do love it, is, is the idea that effort is everything. Doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't matter what kind of family you come from. Those are factors you don't control, but what you do control is your effort. And this was a big thing. I had this whole phrase, effort is everything. And it was like the, the, the drum that I was beating everywhere, right? So I did that presentation for this high school in Montana, okay? Then I do this presentation maybe a year later for a group of professionals within the entire Montana state, uh, the Montana college system, 
right? And a lot of them were on the admission side, right? So we do this great presentation. It was, was professional development, so it wasn't effort is everything message. It was totally different. I get this message from the one of the attendees maybe a year later that says, if you need your warm and fuzzy, here it is. So this woman who saw me present gets her application letter and the essay that the kid wrote was about this speaker who came and told them about how effort is everything and that changed their whole perspective because they thought they weren't smart enough and they weren't good enough to get into college um, and they kind of gave up on life but when they realized it was effort then they want to do it so she was like here's a message and then i messaged her back and i said yo this is amazing but the most important question is did he get in and she was like i'm not legally allowed to say but like let's just say it was a very good chance that he did and i was like i'll take that so like moments like that where you have these worlds colliding and connecting that are separate but are unified through you is just an in incredible um I, I think what it does beyond creating revenue which is always important it makes you have fulfillment and meaning and that is the one thing I love about this work is that it's it's to me, the art of speaking is one of the most fulfilling arts, the most fulfilling work you can do because it's a work that you craft, but also directly can change someone's life very deeply. And I don't know any, I, I just don't, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I don't know anything better than it. I just, I love it too much. That's awesome. So, okay. We're going to, what is the core thing that you're, business does now. You speak on stages and you also help people craft their message, right? Yeah. So if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I would love to speak. One of the things I get a lot is what do I speak about? How do I build my speech? And you have a free template. It's a, not a template. It's a training, right? One hour yeah. training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what I basically do is I help people who want to create their signature talk, because what ultimately happens with people is they always say, oh, I want to get a speaking engagement. I want to get a speaking engagement. They get it. And then it's like, now what do I say? Like what? Like, it's kind of like a dog chasing a car. Like you finally chase the car. Then it's like, well, what do I do with the car? And then I caught it. Right. So the idea is to figure out what is that signature message? What is that signature idea that people will know you for that will separate you from the crowd? And how do you deliver that? How do you structure it so that you're not just delivering something that persuades, that influences, that sells, which are all important, but it's also sharing a core idea that shifts the perspective of your audience and your audience ties that back to you. So, you know, all the great people do it. Like if you talk about like a very simple one, like Grant Cardone doing the 10X, right? Like that's a very simple idea, but everyone knows it and they can refer it back to him. If you have uh, Mel Robbins doing the five second rule, it's this, this signature idea. And I think so many of us want that, but just don't know how to do it, but it's inside of you. So our whole program is about how do you pull that out? How do you find out what that core idea is that's already in there, but let's just, polish it and make it so that people can understand it. And then let's craft your keynote so that it's powerful and achieves the goals that you want. So the, what you're referring to is there's a free training that I have that's called Message to Masterpiece. So you go to messagetomasterpiece.com. And I think like people have always heard the term, turn your mess into a message. And I'm like, that's kind of like junior varsity. You want to turn your message into a masterpiece. So we show you how to do that, how to find the places and the organizations that can book you to speak. And it's all there and it's totally free. And I just like, I'm a big fan of it because I think it's really good. Awesome. The, um, so if somebody we're from different worlds, right? My world is I usually pay for my stages. I get on stage and I can sell either a course or a program or like consulting, whatever yours is about getting paid to speak. So I know a lot of people 
a lot of people prefer what you do because they're like, I just want to share my message, but I don't know what it is. So now you know where to go get that. The other question that I get a lot is how much should I charge if I'm doing a keynote? So if somebody's just getting started, do you recommend they go do some gigs for free? Do you recommend they go to schools? Kind of give us like a ladder of progression that people should mm -hmm. head down. I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people. One of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that it's an, uh, it's an interesting question that I'll try to answer as easily as I can because it's kind of like someone saying, how much is a house worth? It's <laughs> like, well, you know, it depends on how big it is, where it is, you know, the shape of it. So a lot of times people say how much you do it. Here's what I would recommend. Number one, no one's paying you to speak if, unless you're a celebrity. Okay. So if anyone listening, if you're Oprah, you don't need what I'm about to say because you, you're Oprah. But people like me and you who like the general public don't know about or non-celebrity speakers, you're not going to get booked to speak unless you have a speaker demo reel. Like that. That's not going to happen. No one's going to give you thousands of dollars if they've not personally seen you speak or at least seen a video. So one of the benefits of doing stuff for free besides trying your material and getting it is that you can get footage so you can create a demo. Because if you're if there's a planning committee that wants to pay for speakers and you're one of the names that gets brought up and they say, well, let's see their speaker demo to see what their vibe and energy is like. And they're like, they don't have it. I mean, unless you're a celebrity, it's not gonna, it's gonna be super, super hard um, unless somehow that person saw you speak um, somewhere else and they can personally vouch, don't worry if they don't have a video, this person's the truth, right? So one of the reasons why you should just contact, like you're like, to me, people underutilize on the business side, the local chamber of commerce, best place to start. So contact your local chamber and say, hey, you know, become a member for like 200 bucks or 300 bucks, right? Cause that's usually, you know, what you gotta do. But say, hey, I had this great presentation on X, I'd love to do it for the members absolutely at no charge because I'd like to, you know, introduce myself to the community and give back. Nine times out of 10, they're going to say yes, as long as it doesn't sound like a blatant sales pitch and it shouldn't be a blatant sales pitch, you know, not for that type of training. Um, they'll say yes. And then one, you get experience. And then two, you get uh, some footage. Like you, you either have them recorded or you, you know, pay a production company to come in and record it. And that video that gets edited down becomes super valuable to you. Once you have that, you know, one of the questions I get is, well, how do I get like in front of people? If you don't have a speaker demo video, but you want to start speaking in front of roomfuls of your full audience, this is what I recommend doing. Um, every single profession has an association, right? There's associations of lawyers, associations of executives, associations of event planners, associations of doorbell creators. Door, you know, associations are what I call the, you know, I, well, they're the, they're the best pregnant pet presentation period. They are pregnant pet presentations at their core. So you gotta understand, let me break this down so everyone gets this. And if you're listening and you're driving, you may wanna pull over and take notes because this is really important and it's a little detailed, but helpful. Associations have members who pay dues. So let's say I'm the association for, um, 
workforce development professionals, right? I, I speak with that group a lot. So there are workforce development professionals that are all over the country that pay an annual membership to be part of this umbrella organization. The single largest deliverable of any association is their annual event, period. They may have quarterly events, they may have um, semi-annual events, they may have monthly events, weekly events, and all that stuff, but their annual event, that is their single largest deliverable. Now, that annual event typically can make up to 50% of their operating income from ticket sales, sponsorship sales, boot sales, and all that other stuff. So this event is a big deal for these groups and they need to bring in speakers. They must bring in speakers. Now, if you've not been in an industry before, that actually helps you get in. Why does it help you get in? Because the thing that associations are most afraid of is they don't want to bring the same people back every single year. They need new people with new fresh ideas that aren't incestuous and already like discussed a thousand times. So if you go, man, I got this great idea. I think, man, I would love to service lawyers. We'll find out if there is a association of lawyers in Delaware that deal with you know, oh my, like if you go on Google and type in any demo plus the word association, you will find a plethora of things. Like it's incredible what you'll find, right? Those groups typically will have something called an RFP, request for presenter, okay? Now, all you simply have to do is go, okay, I want to be in front of these people because I either think they can become clients of mine, or I think these are people that would book me to speak because my message aligns with the goals. I solve a problem for them, right? Basic stuff. You submit the RFP totally for free, and then they will either accept you without a speaker video, which this is one of the places you don't need it, but, but they won't typically pay you to speak in these cases. Typically what happens is you'll speak for free, um, but you're speaking in front of a room full of your ideal clients. Now, when you, you know, the methodology that I recommend is because I can't do like a hardcore pitch from the stage when I'm doing these association kind of events. But what I can do is structure my presentation so that the audience decides for themselves by the end of that presentation, they want to work with me. And that's like exactly the structure we teach them. So at the end of it, people will come up to you and go, oh, my gosh, Steve, that was amazing. I'm, you know, my company or my organization, we have an event. Can we get you to speak? Then you get paid to speak at those. So there is the way to circumnavigate it so that you don't need a speaker demo, but eventually you have to get it because it makes your life so easy. But that's the process to get started. And then when people are trying to figure out what do I charge, the easiest thing I recommend anyone doing is you don't know what to charge in the beginning. You have no idea what you should charge. You don't know what you're worth. The easiest thing is to say, I appreciate you asking. One of the things that I like to do is try to work within the budgets of the organizations. And I know with, you know, the changing world and the pandemic, things can be very different. Would you mind sharing with me in round numbers what budget you have allocated for speakers? Nine out of 10 people will tell you, well, you know, we weren't hoping to go any more than 5,000 or, you know, we can't go more than 2,000 or we can't go more than 10,000. Now, if they have 10,000 in their mind and you charge 5,000, now there's something wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't know what you're worth, it's better to put the ball in their court and just ask. And a lot of times they'll be very transparent and tell you what the budget range is. And then you come in with that number. And I always love it for me when I'm like in a new market and I'm not sure what their budget thresholds are. And I ask and it's way more than what I would have expected. It makes sure I don't undercut myself. Um, so I think that's the best process to get started from right now to being able to be booked a lot and paid well, because you'll let the, 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 the industry help guide you. I, you just gave like a masterclass 
in where to get started and how to get started. Um, I have, I mean, the, the, the advice on pricing, I find to be very true. And if you're like, well, they're going to think I'm, I'm an idiot or whatever, like that's the voice in your head. In reality though, think about it from their point of view, the planner has a budget. And the last thing they want is for you to say that you're more than their budget. So they're going to be very transparent. Um, I've had that conversation and they are They're Hey, I'm, you know, I've, just let me know what your budget is. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. They're going to be very transparent. And then if you're way under it, you can, they don't know what you said. So you can say very close to what their budget is, or you can say their budget plus hotel and airfare, because then you can negotiate a little bit, but it, it puts you in the realm. So the, the speaker reel you spoke very well to as well. So if you get exactly what you said, go to chamber of commerce, you speak somewhere for free, hire a good videographer. Don't try to have somebody do it with their cell phone, standing in the back of the room, spend a couple hundred bucks. It's not going to break the bank and get a good speaker reel. I know I held events for years and we, so I spoke and sold my goods, but I brought in other speakers. Sometimes I paid a lot of times I did. They, they came for free. I paid for airfare and hotel, but we gave them a speaker reel. Um, but that's like the people who didn't give me a speaker reel, it didn't care what they said. If I couldn't see them somewhere, YouTube, I didn't care if it was in front of high schools, right? I needed to see them speak somewhere to someone. Um, this is the um, this is the analogy I like to give Steve that I think helps yeah. people think why it's so important. For anyone listening who is a parent, imagine you've never seen me before. You've never seen me interact with kids. And I come up to you and explain to you why I'm the best babysitter in the world. And you should leave your kids with me overnight so you can go on a vacation with your spouse. I got no testimonials. I got, you've never seen me interact with kids. I've got nothing telling you, but I'm trying to convince you with my words. No, I'm amazing with kids. Kids love me. Leave. You're going to be like, hell no, am I going to leave? I'm not going to leave my kids with you. <laughs> Like, so without a speaker demo, it's like, yo, put me on stage and I have no idea what your vibe is. I have no idea what your energy is. I have no idea what your message is, but you're trying to convince me it's the greatest message. It's easier for me to say no and avoid a train wreck than say yes. And you could come out there and start saying wild things that, and if you say wild things, they lose money because people don't want to come back and people are disappointed. Well, so literally someone could lose a job if they bring a bad speaker. An event planner could lose their job if you, so they won't risk it without knowing that, you know? That's, I mean, I was going to point to that next You're Like you're right. Because it, it, think about it from their point of view. You can say you're the best in the world, but if you get up and bomb, not you're, you get to go home at the end of the day. That event planner has the weight of everybody who was in the room of everybody else who was speaking. Everybody's expecting them to put together a great event. And if you bomb, if you do a bad job, if you say something offensive, it's on them. That's so right. that's why you need a speaker reel. So my follow-up question, I've, I have a couple, I have one kind of big follow-up and then we'll do a few rapid fires. Yeah. Um, if you have a speaker reel, if you've been speaking a little bit and you want to get bigger, do you recommend people doing outreach with the speaker reel or do you recommend something else? How do you recommend people that are, cause I think there are some people, I know there are some people that listen to this podcast that have had a few lower paying 1000 to $2,500 gigs. And they're trying to figure out how to get more, especially with what's happening with COVID. 
I would go back to saying, keep it super simple. I've done lots of things. I've done, look, you can do cold emails. Absolutely. Don't cold call anyone. Everyone hates being cold call. I wouldn't recommend it personally. There's, in my opinion, there is nothing more important than first clarifying who your audience is and who your message can help. And then just speaking at conferences, doing the RFP, speaking at the conference. Now there's lots of things you can do at the conference, like build relationships with the event planner because nine times out of 10, that event planner plans for other events as well. So if you have a good relationship with them, I've had event planners who I've done great at one conference, book me for other conferences as well. And then it opens me up. But this is the big thing I want people to get. Let's say, uh, like, I'm going to just make up an, uh, an example here. Let's say Steve is teaching people to sell from stage and he wants to help, uh, you know, uh, I'm making this up, chiropractors be able to create their story so they can do those dinners. I don't know if you ever work with a chiropractor that does mm -hmm. those dinners to sell their services, right? So they do a dinner and then they speak. And he's like, yo, I want to speak to chiropractors. Like, find out where the chiropractor association is of your state or wherever the national one is. Like, submit an RFP to show them how to create their story and to help them. Submit the RFP, get accepted, right? Do a good job. If you're not getting accepted, don't let it stop you. Just keep trying. You will eventually get accepted if you have a good message that can actually help people. Steve gets on stage at the Chiropractor Association, explains why telling your story is so important and how you can use your story when you're doing the new patient exams and how you can use your story during this. Let me teach you these strategies for how to use the story. At the end, there's going to be a bunch of chiropractors that go, that was amazing. I do not trust myself to do this myself. Steve, how do I work more closely with you so I can develop it? And it goes, oh, great. We have this great program. You can do this. Let's set up a time to talk. And then he leaves that event with like, you know, six or seven new clients, right? So if you want to obtain clients, it's to me, the association speaking is the best. If you want to get more speaking engagement, well, I like, for example, I want to speak at colleges. So I know, okay, look, there's a group called NOTA. They deal with college uh, orientations, right? So I'll take you back to my school, my, my student speaking. So they're directors of orientation. They speak, they bring in speakers all across the country against these uh, to colleges during August, right, for orientation and, and student welcome back week. So they have to bring in speakers. They're going to bring in somebody. So if I know I can speak at that association with those people who I know are booking speakers because they have to for their job, and I do an amazing job, what are they going to say? They're going to be like, yo, you were great. Could you come speak at our college? I would love to. Let's talk. And then you go through the whole sales process. So whether you want to sell to get clients or speak to get clients or whether you want to speak to get more speaking opportunities, the associations and those conferences, bar none, nothing more powerful, nothing more effective, in my opinion, because people are seeing you in action and nothing sells you more than someone seeing you in action. 100% agree. That, that is, I think, the best way to grow your business is to speak in front of people. Even if you're if you're a chiropractor, you can go do these things. Just go speak at your chamber of commerce. You're going to walk out of there because people want somebody they know, like trust. And the fastest way to do that is to get in front of them. So I have a couple rapid fires. You can give me a thumbs up, a thumbs down, a yes, a no, a sentence or two of feedback. Okay. First off, Toastmasters. If you recommend you're, it? If you're afraid of speaking, Toastmasters. Um, if you want to build like your keynote and like create a signature talk and you want to really, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to be the best fit. What but if you want to get over the fear, absolutely. Toastmasters. Cool. Um, speaker associations. They want you only if they don't need to sell you. 
dig into that one just a little bit more. Cause you know, I, I always get asked, should I join a speaker association? They want X number of dollars. They, they promise that they're going to put me in front of, you know, thousands of people, blah, blah, blah. Every, if it's a speaker association, okay. Yeah, I'm going to get on a soapbox here and like, you can either take me down or, or, or whatever here. Right. But at the end of the day, what I found for speakers, so if you want to build friendships with other speakers, absolutely do it. If you want to speak at those events to get booked to speak, or if you want to like, and they're not, those crowds aren't also the best crowds to get feedback from um, because they're good. Everyone gets a standing ovation at a speaker association because speakers understand how hard it is and how difficult it is to do it. So everyone's very supportive. And then there's so many egos that some people may say, oh, don't do that. And then someone will say, do exactly that. So it can get kind of confusing. So ultimately what I say is like, if you want to build friends and you want to like know other speakers, yes. If you want to do it to like fundamentally learn how to grow and succeed, like, I don't know if it's the best fit. Let's just for like, I don't want to say no, because everyone is their own unique thing, but I, I wouldn't go for that reason personally. No problem. Do you, I'd go for I, networking hundred percent. I'd go. I, networking, if you're looking at it for networking, if you're depending on it to grow your business, I agree. I, I think I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you think you need a book? Yes. You don't need it right away, but a speaker without a book is like peanut butter with no jelly. Can you eat peanut butter? Yes. Do you need jelly eventually? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the best answer all day. Aurel, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much of your knowledge. Um, if you listened all the way here and you are not yet a speaker, go to Message to Masterpiece, reach out. Um, this has been a great episode. There, there's so much, like, I mean, you you pretty much gave a whole masterclass on how to get started with speaking. So if you haven't, make sure that you get started. Anything to say before we jump off this, wrap it up? Yeah, I say the great thing about my weird name, Aurel Moody, is that there's no one else in the world with my name. So if you go to Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, I am literally the only one on any platform. So if anyone listening to this genuinely has a question, like genuinely, or you just want to connect, I genuinely like checking DMs and it makes me so happy when someone says, yo, I heard you on Steve's podcast. I want to connect like that instantly like warms my heart. So if this was helpful to you, feel free to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, those are probably the two that I'm probably most active on and happy to support and help in any way I can. Awesome. Thank you so much for giving so much value to everybody who listened to the podcast. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Steve, for creating a platform and availability to make that happen. No worries. To everyone else, till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We will see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.